This is Masters in Travel, a rendezvous with the intersection of travel and business to accelerate your success. I'm your host, Whitney Schindler, owner of Undiscovered Sunsets. Each week, we have one goal in mind, to provide advice, insights, and resources to help you maximize your potential. Get ready to become a master in travel. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Masters in Travel. I'm your host, Whitney, and today we'll be talking all about working with new clients and more specifically, some key lessons we've learned over the last five years from some of our most successful itinerary design experiences and some of our more challenging experiences in designing an itinerary for a new client. For today's conversation, I'm joined by Beth Bastian, owner and principal advisor of Bastian World Travel. She specializes in the four and a half to five star luxury market and has built a tremendous business. 50% of her sales are comprised of hotel bookings, and she happens to be one of the top producers for our host agency in hotel bookings alone. And 50% of her sales are comprised of customized itinerary planning around the world. Two of her most commonly requested destinations are Italy and Greece. Beth, I'm so excited to have you joining the conversation today. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. So Beth and I are both in our fifth year of business. We happen to have started our businesses with the same host agency only one or two months apart. But at the time, we didn't know each other. I believe we met at some of the first industry events, both at consortia events and at host agency events. And uh, little by little over time, we became close friends and have become a tremendous support for each other over the last few years. So before we dive in, I think it's really important to highlight that Beth and I both specialize in highly customized FIT itinerary designs. So if it seems that the questions that we ask and the process that we've developed is super detailed, that's because it is. <laughs> we yeah. are really setting ourselves up to design a very, very detailed, very personalized itinerary. I feel as if five years is long enough that we've both had a wide variety of experiences with different clients, while also being not so long that we've forgotten about those first clients from whom we learned so much. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, it seems like year two was forever ago. And in other ways, it's still those mistakes or those lessons learned are very fresh in our memories. So today we're going to talk all about working with a brand new client. And when we're working with a new client, I think you would agree that there are a few key things that need to happen within those first few interactions to set ourselves up for success. There's, of course, the very important first impression that must be established. Mm -hmm. But once we're past that initial introduction, and it's at that moment that we as travel advisors need to take the lead and to really guide our new client through our process because they don't know what to expect. And as many of us are discovering, it's probably the their first time working with a travel advisor. Yeah, it really, you know, when I think about my client base and you look back at the first time they we worked together, I would say 85% never had worked with a travel advisor. And mm-hmm. like you said, it's so important to really understand that scope of what how we can help them. Yes. And I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but one of one question I do like to ask is if they've worked with a travel advisor before, because if they haven't, right. then we're starting with a blank slate and I can let them know what my process looks like. But also if they have that that's perfectly okay as well. And then I tried to help them understand that even if you have worked with a travel advisor before, we are all approaching itinerary design so differently. Nothing good or bad, just we all have our own processes. We all have our own preferences as to how we approach a new trip design. And so then I feel it's even more important to manage expectations and say, well, this is how I work and to make sure that they're on board with that moving forward. Right, right. So, okay. 
a new client has reached out and now you're in those initial conversations, whether it started by email, by phone, however it started, I would like to know what are three key questions you ask to a new client when you're working with them for the first time and you're trying to get to know them and to understand the trip that they're envisioning. Mm-hmm. So as I think about this, you know, we kind of hinted just now, how do you typically plan your travel or plan your trips? Um, That's probably the first question after you get the niceties out of the way and get to know them a little bit, their personality, show your personality. Secondly, which may seem like an odd question, but when they come to you about a destination, why that destination? And then thirdly, you know, it's always great to hear what the client's looking for, their style, their tastes, their budget. But the third question that I find is really critical is, what didn't you like about your last trip or what was disappointing? I think it's just as important to understand that side of things as much as what they are looking for, what they did like. That's amazing. Okay. So I love that two of these questions are more about the client themselves. And one question is about the destination. Mm -hmm. So let's dive into how do you typically plan your trips? What are you hoping to learn by asking a new client this question? So these answers kind of guide and give me clarity to what I need to stress are the advantage of working with me or working with a travel advisor and also share light on if this new client is the right fit to work with a travel advisor or work with me and my style. So, you know, for example, if they start saying to me, oh, you know, I typically go on Expedia or TripAdvisor, that could hint at a client who's super budget conscious or they want to save time because they just kind of want to, you know, one and done, click and be done with it. And then, you know, there's the client that says, oh, you know, I, I go down these Google rabbit holes and I'm I'm spending hours and hours of time and I hear maybe you can save me time. But that to me says, okay, this is a DIYer. And how extreme do they want to be involved in the process? (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Or maybe my friend did this trip or recommended this hotel or my sister recommended this hotel. So that answer makes me think, okay, they trust their friends and family. Like maybe they're going to have a little bit of trust issues with me or maybe they're going to be cross-referencing everything I do with mom or with my neighbor. You know, it, it all just gives you a sense of where they're coming from and how you can and relate how I as a travel advisor can help them in the process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes perfect sense. And I love that out of this one question, you're both gathering intel on how comfortable they're going to be handing it over to you versus being super involved. And we might be okay with all of the above, but it gives you a little insight into how is this client going to be in this process? But also you're learning about their budget expectations and their comfort level with different budget levels, right? Right, right. right. Without asking for a specific dollar amount, they're kind of giving you some insight into how they generally travel and how they book their own travel. Yeah. And I think um, another answer that sometimes gets me going on where it really feels like it might be a good fit to work with someone like us, who's part of a larger luxury consortium, is if they've used something like Amex Platinum Concierge Services. So right there, I know, okay, this new client is booking luxury services. They're booking high-end hotels. You know, they're going to want maybe restaurant reservation help, which which is sometimes a little bit challenging. But, you know, it again helps you, like you said, with, oh, this is this client probably is using this level budget and they're used to the style of travel that really fits in my wheelhouse. 
Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I want to dig a little bit deeper on this. If you ask a client how they typically plan their trips, and if you have one client who says, I usually book with the Amex concierge services, Mm -hmm. and you have another new client that says, I usually do all of my own research. I really spend hours and hours and hours. I go down all these rabbit holes, but I'm hoping you can help save me some time. From that moment, from those two answers, does your process or does your approach in the actual design of the proposal change? Or does it simply just help you with the next step of describing your services and giving you points to actually know who you're talking to? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think the latter. I think it just lets me focus on the next steps. You know, we feel confident in the services that we can provide our clients. And we, you know, we've been in this business for five years, so we know our brand. You know, you know Undiscovered Sunsets, I know Bastion Will Travel, and I know where I can really shine. So depending on their answers, it lets me focus the conversation to the next step. And maybe by the end of the conversation, that Expedia person, it's a lower budget that I is not in my wheelhouse or is not my brand. Or maybe they're booking actually a five-star budget trip and they just have never known other resources to go to like a travel advisor. Sure, sure. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's super helpful. So the next question that you like to ask is why that particular destination? And this is also a question that I like to ask. So I'm really curious to know what you're hoping to learn by asking a new client this question. I know. And you know, when I ask the client, sometimes there's like a big pause on the other end. And they're like, what do you mean? Why Italy? Like, hello, of course, you know, wine, (laughs) you know. Yes. Do you often also get the answer of just, well, you know, it's just somewhere that I've always wanted to go? This type of response? Yeah, absolutely. But at least it gets a conversation going to, you know, maybe what types of experiences they're looking for. You know, are they looking to be on the go, seeing every major iconic site, kind of one of those clients that likes ticking the box? Or are they wanting to slow down and really feel like a local, which I think, you know, as as a travel industry in general, that authenticity of travel is really coming through for both, you know, what you do and what I do. I want to deliver that for my clients in there itineraries. And this question can really lead to the client having an even greater than expected trip, you know, an even greater success, I think. Because like, for example, as you mentioned, I do a lot of Italy planning. I can't tell you how many times a client, I said, oh, well, what are you thinking? Well, Rome, Florence, Venice. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that response is very common. But when you ask why Italy, it becomes more apparent. They start talking about what they want to do. And it's really, they're actually envisioning a more under the Tuscan sun experience with Mm -hmm. small villages and luxury farmhouses and olive oils tastes and, you know, winding down these narrow streets. And I was like, okay. And that's where, right, you and I can shine on our expertise and say, you know, it sounds like we might need to add Tuscany or Chianti into this or shift a little bit. Mm -hmm. And oh my goodness. Like every client that that's happened and they've come back, they're like, oh, I'm so glad that, you know, we talked about that because that is what I was envisioning, you know? Yes. Yes. I think there can sometimes be a disconnect between, especially for these really, really huge destinations that everyone kind of knows is they've heard of Rome, they've heard of Florence, they've heard of Venice and the key, like the most iconic places. But just like you said, when they actually describe 
describe the experience that they're envisioning, we actually have a moment to say Rome, Florence, and Venice are absolutely wonderful. Right. They're not going to provide the experience that you just described. <laughs> so either we need to like add something in or kind of shift the itinerary a little bit. Yeah. I'm curious to know, have you ever asked this question, why this particular destination and received a response that made you feel like this destination isn't right at all? Like, you know, there's there's one thing to shift from, okay, let's throw Tuscany into your itinerary because you're imagining these small mm-hmm. villages and the mm-hmm. wine tasting and whatnot. Have you ever had that question turn into a conversation where you actually can that are a completely different destination based upon their response? Um, maybe a few times. I mean, the one that comes to top of mind, which is which is kind of interesting, is sometimes people come to me with, you know, like Thailand, and they have this image in their mind of like a Tahiti, you know, and they're like, oh, I definitely want it, the over-the-water bungalow. And, you know, so what they're describing yes. is not necessarily the beaches of Thailand. So that's kind of one example I can think of off the top of my head. I Maybe you have more. I, I I feel like maybe you've had this happen a few times as well. I'm definitely leading <laughs> you, yes, <laughs> with this question because I found it so interesting when I started asking this question. A new client came to me wanting to go to Colombia, and I've been to Colombia, and I absolutely love it, especially for the adventure and the culture and everything that you can see and do and experience in this beautiful country. And while in Colombia, there are opportunities to go to the ocean and to stay in a beautiful kind of relaxing honeymoon vibe beach type of scenario, that's not what comes top of mind mm-hmm. for me when I think of Colombia. I think of the street art and the graffiti and the culture and the beautiful hotels that are just so vibey. And then you have all of the history and everything that the country has gone through over the last few generations. And so there's just, those are the things that come top of mind for me and this particular client has just seen Colombia and TV shows in the movies. And so I asked why Colombia and she starts talking about this TV uh-huh. show that she's been watching, but she's describing a very beachy, very relaxing, very, you know, kind of not a honeymoon vibe, but definitely very relaxing vibe, but then also with adventure, like we want to self drive and we want to see wildlife and we want to do all these things. And I, and I'm just on the phone thinking, I think you're describing <laughs> Costa Rica. <laughs> And so I I explained this to her and the only reason or the only way that I was able to do this is because I had just been to Colombia. So I was able to say with certainty and without a doubt, what you have just described to me really isn't going to be your experience in Colombia. I would be more than happy to plan a trip for you to Colombia because I've just been and I really, really loved it. But if this is what you're looking for, let's try Costa Rica. And she was like, oh, wow, you know, I had never thought of that. And I just kind of said, let me send you some ideas. Let me show you kind of what's possible in Costa Rica and see if this is more what you're envisioning and what you're thinking. And it's exactly what she was thinking. They went to Costa Rica and had a fabulous time. So it was just really enlightening how a simple question of, oh, why would you like to visit this place? It turned into an entirely different trip for them in that scenario. So if I'm looking back at year one and two, I don't know that I was asking that question. I was so focused on diving into, okay, they're asking for Columbia. What do I know about Columbia? Okay. You know, kind of giving out all that information. I'm curious, Mm -hmm. did you, had you always asked that question or is it, yeah, it kind of evolved for you too? No, I think this started in year three or four. 
And I cannot pinpoint the exact reason that I began asking this particular question of why that destination. But what I definitely learned over the first couple of years is that in those initial conversations, when clients were telling me where they wanted to go, I was doing way too much talking Mm. and not enough listening. One of the first times that that really became apparent to me (laughs) was a a new client who was very, very excited to work with called. And she actually was talking about a future honeymoon that would have been like a year Uh away. And she wanted to do Seychelles, Indian Ocean, Maldives, something like this. And I was like, wow, this is, that's fantastic. But she said, but actually next month we're going to France and we're actually going to be there on a business trip, but we're going to have a few extra days here and there. And I got super excited because where they were going in France is where I lived for a year. And so I completely hijacked the conversation. And I, I can say this about myself looking back, of course, because now I understand what I did. I completely hijacked the conversation. I got so excited telling her that this is where I lived and that I had been to all of these places, you know, in the neighboring regions of where she was talking about. I knew exactly where she should stay. I knew that I knew the place that she should go to get a croissant in the morning. <laughs> I mean, I I was so excited. And I think looking back, if I really try to just remove my ego from this situation, I think I was trying to accomplish two things by hijacking the conversation. I think I was trying to show her all the things that I knew about this area mm-hmm. of France. And she didn't ask me to plan this trip. She asked me to plan her honeymoon that was a year later. And I saw an opportunity. And I think I was trying to convince her to let me plan that trip to France yeah. as well. So she let me plan it. Um, Uh, And it didn't go well because I didn't listen. I didn't ask enough questions. I just did all the talking. And one of the hotels that we decided to book, they gave me the thumbs up, but they didn't realize that it was out in the middle of nowhere. It was very much in like wine country, small village, France, Mm -hmm. central France. And these are the types of clients who like to have a lot more freedom in their days, not everything planned, renting a car. And they were envisioning a super cute boutique hotel in a little village where they could just step out in the morning, go for a walk buy some fresh bread, get a coffee, and then go back to their yeah. room. Once she explained that to me when she got home, I thought, why didn't I know that they didn't want to stay out in the middle of nowhere? It's because I wasn't listening. I wasn't asking enough questions yeah. and I was doing all the talking. I think that that's where that question started to become important. Yeah. Were you asking that question from the very beginning or is no, that something yeah, that- No, definitely. I mean, and I hear you, you know, I think in the beginning you want to prove to these new clients that you know these destinations, you know, we have so many resources at our fingertips and whether like for you, you actually live there. And when I've been to a destination and I've been there a few times, you get all excited and, you know, you want to share your knowledge, but yeah, it's, it's like any, like any, any sales position, right? It's so important to ask the questions and not interject what you you would do and really know what they want to do. Yes, yes, exactly. And we will have our time and our place to show how much we know about those destinations and to show all of our knowledge and our resources. But we should definitely be doing a lot more listening agreed. Up, up front at the beginning. Yeah, agreed. So I love your third question. And this was not one of my top three questions when I was thinking about this, but it it is something that I have asked in the past and I've learned a lot about. So what didn't you like about your last trip? What was disappointing? I'm so curious to know what you're hoping to learn by asking this question and also how this question came about and how it became one of the top three questions that you ask. 
Well, I think, again, it gives you insight to what's important to the client as well as pain points. A lot of times a client may come to me with a four-star budget, but a lot of the parts that they were disappointed with in the past or past trips starts my wheels thinking that if I can show them the value and if they can afford it to increase to a four and a half star, these are the things that you're going to get. I can, you know, basically with full confidence tell you this four and a half partner hotel of ours has amazing amazing service. If you felt like you weren't really taken care of well in the, you know, previous four-star hotel, that this service will be very attentive. You know, maybe maybe they are spending a decent amount of time in their room on their balcony and they wanted that cup of coffee or tea on the balcony in the morning to have that leisure time, but their view was overlooking the parking lot or the road or something, you know? So that makes me think, okay, again, this is the style of the traveler and how they want to start their day or how they want to end their day. Another thing that's interesting that I kind of more recently was discussing with a client is they said to me, you know, I went on my last trip and it was great, but I didn't plan anything. We left the destination feeling like we hadn't really, we hadn't really absorbed it. Then they were kind of disappointed at that. And so they were like, you know, I want to work with you because I don't want to be overplanned, but I realized I need some a few things in place. And and it's funny, actually, more and more families that come to me, they have teenagers, right? That, that And they'll say to me, oh, well, you know, it was a great trip, but my teenagers were kind of bored or I saw them like rolling their eyes at the guide. And, and so that makes me think, okay, this is a family who wants to continue traveling as a family. Now they've got teenagers. They're not little kids that they can, you know, drag around or enjoy at the playground, you know, in the middle of Paris or so that makes me think, okay, whatever travel touring partner that we, you know, hire to work with them, let's make sure to be in touch and say, okay, we've got teenagers, we need a younger guide, we need an energetic guide. It just gives you such a clearer picture of, again, leading to a successful itinerary, you know, and and a happy client. (laughs) That's, That's such a good point that you brought up about looking based on their feedback of what they did or didn't enjoy about their previous trip, not just in how we designed their trip, but it also helps us decide which partner to work with in that destination. Mm -hmm. And I would take it even a step further. And sometimes those grievances, I will share with my partner right before they arrive in destination Mm -hmm. and say, okay, previously they've had XYZ experience. We've done everything we can to try and make sure that doesn't happen again, but also giving them a heads up that this is really important helps our supplier even deliver that much more when they're in country, right? Yeah. And I think, and and they'll all tell you that, right? They're very open because we're in this industry because we, we love it, right? We we're passionate about it. And when our clients come back to us from a trip and just say, you know, my kids could not stop talking about, you know, whatever that, that, that chocolate tasting day in Paris or whatever it is. And we go back to our partners and say the same thing, that guide that you you picked for that day was such a great match. I mean, the more information and the more we can communicate, I think, with the clients as well as our partners on the ground, it just equates to success. Mm-hmm. This question has also helped me in another way. I was talking with a honeymoon couple who had done a super DIY trip in Italy, I think a year or two before contacting me. And for their honeymoon, they wanted to combine Greece and Spain. And so I asked them, um, I, you know, now that I think about it, I don't know if I specifically asked 
asked, what didn't you like about your last trip? I feel like she might've just shared with me. I'm coming to you because on our last trip, this and this and this happened. And I hope you can help me kind of smooth out Mm -hmm. these bumps in the road. So she was talking about things like just driving in Italy was a lot more stressful than she anticipated. There was one particular hotel that didn't have air conditioning and they didn't realize until they got there in the middle of July or something. So these, a lot of her memories of that trip in Italy were about discomfort. Mm. And so that really cued me into, okay, let's try to make sure that they're not moving too much because she also mentioned the packing and the unpacking and the constant like on the go feeling. She's like, I just, I never really felt like we got to just relax. Yeah. So when we planned their time in Greece and we planned their time in Barcelona, she wanted to add another island. And this came weeks later, right? Like we had the itinerary, we had everything approved. And then right before we're getting ready to do deposits and everything, she kind of said, could we fit in Santorini? Mm. We already had Mykonos in the itinerary. And I said, yes, anything is possible. But I remember that you shared with me from your time in Italy, how much you really wished you had more time to just relax and just enjoy each place that you visited. And if we add in Santorini, this is really going to pick up the pace of your trip and you're going to be packing and unpacking all the time. And so I was able to use her own words to remind her the small details that she didn't love about her trip to Italy to help her avoid doing it again on this trip. Because I think it's so natural that when we go to some of these destinations, we're so excited that we're in Greece and that we're so close to all of these amazing places. And it's not like, oh, can we fit in one more thing? The answer is always yes, we probably can. But is that really what you want? Yeah. So asking this question has helped me in that way too. I've actually been able to help protect a couple clients from themselves (laughs) (laughs) because they shared with me. And then I was able to say, remember you told me. And then they're like, yeah, 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 you're right. We'll just leave it. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. And this may be like a fourth question, but I think it lends itself to what we're talking about is pace. You know, how planned do you want to be? I mean, I have a family of five that I've been working with since the beginning. And she knows if she doesn't plan every single part of their day, her kids will just sit in the hotel room on their phones. And she's okay with like, you know, let's go, let's go, let's go. And that's how she wants to vacation. And then you've got exactly what you said, those clients that they're, you know, maybe they don't travel overseas very often. So they want to pack it all in in those 10 days. But during the the discovery call and those questions, you find out, wait, you know what? They like just hanging out in the evening for sunsets and they like exploring their own neighborhood wherever they're staying. So I think the pace of a trip for a new advisor who's going through these discovery call processes with new clients, it's so important. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree 100%. And I'm going to throw in um, one additional question that has really helped me especially when we're not talking about Europe and we're talking about, it works for Europe, of course, but for other regions, I found it especially helpful to ask if this is their first time that they visited that destination, but more importantly, if it's the first time they visited that region. So for example, I've had quite a few clients come and say, we want to go to Thailand. We want to go to Vietnam. We want to go to Indonesia. And as I lived in Asia for six years, it's so important for me to understand, have you been to Asia multiple times and you know exactly what to expect in traveling in Southeast Asia? Or are you wanting to go to Thailand and this is also your mm-hmm. first time traveling in mm-hmm. Asia? Because the the conversation points and the questions and the managing expectations and the types of comforts 
hours that I will try to sneak into that itinerary are completely different for someone who's like, oh, yeah, 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 I've been all over um, Asia. And this is the last country on the list, you know, or someone who's saying, yep, it's our first time to Thailand and it's our first time. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so true. So true. So I am wondering these questions that we've talked about, how do you typically plan your trips? Why that destination? What didn't you like about your last trip? Will this be your first time visiting this area of the world? Do you generally ask these questions over email or in a form on your website? Or are these the types of questions that you wait until you're on the phone for the first time with clients? Yeah, these questions I'm doing in, well, in person over the phone. But yeah, over the phone, you know, you and I, it's been so great to be able to develop a form on our webpage to get some of those initial logistic questions clear before that discovery call. You know, where are they looking? Do they have flights? You know, who's traveling? So so those basic things that are easy enough to just... Kind of the logistical details. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But But the things that we're talking about today, it's really during that discovery process when you're first speaking to them for the first time. And I also think maybe as important as the answer itself, it's also really great to hear their voice and the emotion behind some of these answers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You can read a lot between the lines. I think if you're, if you're really listening. Yeah, for sure. So now I want to jump to, as we kind of alluded earlier, a lot of these questions, we did not start asking these on day one of starting our business and with our very first clients. And I will only speak for myself. You can tell me how this evolved for you. But a lot of the things that I do today in terms of making sure I get on the phone with clients, which questions I really prioritize um, in the form on my website versus which questions I really like to talk with them over the phone. This has all come from incremental changes and very small minor improvements that I've made to my process over the last five years. And many of these I can tie back to a particular experience that maybe went wonderfully. And I thought, oh, wow, I've never done that before. I definitely need to keep doing that. Or maybe it was a bit more of a challenging experience. And looking back, I thought, wow, I really, that would have gone better if I had done X, Y, Z. So let's talk about the challenges first so we can end on a positive (laughs) note and talk about some of our really positive ones at the end. In considering over the last five years, I am going to assume, I hope that you've had some challenging, um, just, and what I mean, what I mean by challenge, I guess, is sometimes when we are talking with new clients, sometimes we connect immediately with someone on that very first phone call. And other times we get off the phone and it feels like there's a bit of a disconnect. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes we plan that first proposal and we think we know exactly what they want. And then we send it over and we don't get a response at all. Or the response is, wow, this really isn't what I was looking for at all. Or, you know, there's just the 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 feedback is not, oh my gosh, this is the most amazing thing <laughs> I've ever seen. So I'm curious to know what, if you can give us a little bit of the details of some of those more challenging experiences you've had in the last few years, but most importantly, what you were able to learn from those experiences and how it's helped to improve the questions that you ask in the process that you've developed now. Yeah. And when I think about that, it was times where the the planning process was stressful or frustrating and it just wasn't very smooth. And most of those situations occurred in year two or three, you know, when bashful travel was really ramping up and I was putting pressure on myself to take every piece of business, you know, that came my way. Mm-hmm. I know we're talking about kind of the discovery call and, and um, those questions, but I think it's so key for advisors, no matter if it's year one, 
or you're 20, that you have to know that your services are not going to be the right fit for every traveler or every trip. I mean, sometimes I have existing clients that are coming to me wanting my help. And as they really dial in what they're looking for, maybe that particular situation is is not the right fit for a, a travel advisor. And I think the other key component when I think about those stressful planning times is that it's so important to remind the first-time client that we are entering into a partnership, that travel planning requires mutual respect, communication from both sides. It's really critical for what I would consider a successful trip. And when I think about those lessons learned early on, there were a few clients that they, you know, there were early clients that treated me with some disrespect or inequality. And I took that high road and I I tried to kind of come above it and, and keep fighting my way through it, but it was just so stressful. Or or maybe their communication was really poor. You know, they I know you and I have talked about this where, you know, at first they're they're you're having the discovery call and then they go MIA and um or their answers are really cryptic or not answering your questions and and so it makes it it makes it um stressful. So over the years I've incorporated into my discovery call, like, you know, once you listen to the client, what they're looking for, I share what I can do for them. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, this, this could be a good fit. I actually let them know that I choose, you know, when I'm choosing clients to work with, it's with a high level of respect and compassion for those clients, as well as responsive communications. And I look forward to our partnership right? You want Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. client to feel like they are invested as well. Yes. Yes, definitely. And I really love that you highlight just how important it is to express your sentiments of like, this is what my process looks like. And these are also my expectations from you. Like this needs to be very, very collaborative and a partnership and we're going to work together. I think that's really great. And that's something that I've slowly, and I could probably even improve more in those first conversations of really just letting the client know what it's going to look like. I think toward the beginning of starting my business, I don't want to say that I let the client lead the way, but whatever they asked me to do, I was kind of like, oh yeah, sure. Let me go. Let me go figure that out. And now when I receive a new email or a new inquiry from a client, I will say, before we dive into sending over prices, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we're about 35 steps from that, let me share with you a bit more about how I work. Mm -hmm. And then you tell me if that feels like a good fit. And if you would like to move forward, then we can set up a call. And that has really helped me tremendously Mm -hmm. to kind of draw that line and say, okay, if we're going to work together, it's a partnership, it's collaborative, and this is what you can expect from me. And this is what I need from you for that to be successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely setting the tone of this is what it looks like to work together. And, you know, these are the next steps. And this is the value that I deliver and, you know, whatever those, whatever spoke to the client, whether it's destination expertise or saving them time or VIP treatment, but you just want to highlight what that process looks like. And one of the things that I also incorporated, I think around year three was an infographic. I mean, because I think we are in a service type industry and we can talk the talk and be connecting, you know, whether it's face-to-face or on the phone. But I find before that discovery call, before 
for that first time with that new client, if they see in a professional form, this is what I do, A, B, C, D, and these are this is my fee structure, whatever, their wheels are turning too. Like, okay, is this an investment that is valuable to me? So you just, it's just that kind of pre-work. I don't know how to, I don't know what the right term is, but just, just that initial clarity. Laying the yeah, foundation. Exactly. So you've also mentioned a couple of times, or, or you've alluded to asking these questions and really identifying the clients and the specific trips that are going to be a best fit for your business. Have some of these questions, asking these questions up front in that first phone call, have some of these questions led you to saying, you know, I don't think this is the best fit. I don't know that I'm the best person to plan this trip for you. It has happened. <laughs> Not very often, but you know, I, I I would say it's it's a little hard to answer, right? Because like I said, in the first year one, two, three, you just took everyone. You you didn't have that voice to say no. <laughs> yeah, right? it, no, that's that's exactly right. I can I can look back and think I shouldn't have taken that one. I shouldn't have taken that one. Yeah. I shouldn't have taken that one. And and maybe it's not that I shouldn't have taken it. I should have asked a lot more mm-hmm. questions before I dove into the planning of that particular Yeah, I trip. mean, you know you're doing a good job when even those clients that you think about like, oh, maybe that wasn't the best fit. They're coming back to you for a second trip or they're referring you. I mean, we worked through it to provide a successful itinerary, but I think sometimes it was just so frustrating and stressful for us during the process and you worry that you're not going to deliver the best trip for that client because of that frustrating process. So yeah, I mean, I'd say in year five, there have been a couple times where I just explain that, you know, what they're looking for, it's just not the right fit. And I try to direct them to another solution. Yes. And mm-hmm. in that conversation, make it clear, hey, you know, this is what I do. If going forward, you come across needing these types of services, this would be a good fit for you. I think sometimes it just comes down to budget. You know, they're just a, their budget and everyone has a budget, you know, whether it's six star or two star, sometimes it just doesn't fit with Within the Bastion World Travel brand, which they're understanding, you know, they get they get it. So I, I find it very interesting that we have all of these questions that we like to ask up front in these first conversations. And what's your budget is not one of them. But of course, it's important, mm-hmm. right? So what are you looking for? What are you listening for? When you're not asking what's your budget, but you you need to understand kind of where they land on the spectrum mm-hmm. to A, make sure that it's going to be a good fit for Bastion World Travel. But B, when you hang up the phone and you start planning that trip, we have so many resources at our disposal that trying to get an idea of where they lie on that spectrum is also going to guide you into who to reach out to in terms of mm-hmm. partners and how to plan that mm-hmm. trip, right? Yeah. I mean, budget can come up in a couple of different ways, right? So if they've come from a space of like Amex Platinum and they talk about different properties that they've stayed in, you know, you have a, a sense of the luxury and the price point of of that trip. It doesn't happen very often. I, I find like my younger clients, maybe honeymooners, early 30s, they have a budget for the total trip and they will come straight out mm-hmm. and say, you know, we have X thousands of dollars for this seven day trip. And then I can start thinking from there. If, if it makes sense with my partners. Usually when it comes to budget too, if they seem a little hesitant to release a budget, I'll say, what are you thinking for hotel rates per night? Because I find that everyone stayed in a hotel and everyone has kind of a, a top level sometimes of what they're willing to spend, whether it's a hotel or private home. And that question, people seem to be more comfortable with answering versus me saying outright, what's your budget? Yes, absolutely. 
Beth, this was such a great discussion on how we can best get started with a new client and always continue to learn and continue to improve year after year. Thank you again for your willingness and for your enthusiasm to be a part of the conversation. Agreed. Well, this has been so fun. I'm so thank you for letting me be a part of this conversation because it's really, it also makes you focus on you know, what's working too. You know, yes, we want to improve, but what's working? Let's keep that going. Thank you, Whitney. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Masters in Travel. If you want more, head over to mastersintravelpod.com for show notes and links to the resources we discussed in today's episode. If you loved today's interview as much as I did, please take a moment to leave a review, subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and be sure to share this podcast with an advisor who is ready to level up their travel business. To continue the conversation, find us on Instagram at Masters in Travel, where we preview upcoming episodes and engage with our listeners to decide what topics to cover next. We'll see you next time.